0: Welcome to The Conversation at AirSafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On March 19, 2019, I had a conversation with radio station CKNW of Vancouver, Canada, where I discussed some of the latest findings and latest insights of the investigation into the crash of a 737 MAX in Ethiopia.
1: This is The John McComb Show on 980 CKNW. Good morning. Thanks for being with us here on CKNW, The John McComb Show. The Seattle Times has raised questions as to how Boeing's troubled MAX 737 aircraft were sanctioned for air flight amid reports that Boeing actually self-regulated and reported back to the Federal Aviation Administration. So does the FAA meet its oversight duties, which are meant to be in place to keep passengers safe? Uh, To help us answer that question, we're joined by Dr. Todd Curtis. He's an aviation safety analyst, author, and publisher, and is a former Boeing safety engineer. He's also the creator of uh, the airsafe.com website. Doctor, nice to have you on our program. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Um, In the wake of the Ethiopia crash, of course, there's been... Um, much uh, talked about uh, potential issues with the the max uh, aircraft but putting that aside for a second we're now sort of drilling down and finding out or looking at at least the relationship between boeing and the federal aviation administration Uh, you've been there you've seen how it works Uh, what goes on what is that relationship
0: Well, it's a very complex and ongoing relationship when it comes to both new aircraft development and uh, keeping up with the regulation of current aircraft. Now, specifically to the 737 MAX, I did not work on that program, but when I was at Boeing, I worked uh, closely with the 777 program. Uh, Our department, which is the safety engineering department, worked with other departments as they uh, developed the new aircraft, making sure that it adhered both to FAA regulations and Boeing requirements. And then they did have a very extensive program of what they called uh, DERs, Designated Engineering Representatives. These were Boeing engineers, paid by Boeing, but who were there to be the eyes and ears of the FAA. And uh, in my experience there, although there was the potential of conflict of interest when you have a situation like that, I never saw a situation where the uh, FAA representative, who was paid by Boeing, Uh, acted in
1: in a manner that was
0: anything other than in the FAA's interest when it came to adhering to regulations.
1: But is it not a conflict of interest uh, at the end of the day to have uh, Boeing employees uh, checking on other Boeing employees on behalf of the federal regulator? Oh, the
0: potential for conflict of interest was absolutely there. But I believe from my own experience and from looking at Uh, the records of accidents and incidents in the past, I had not seen an event or situation in my experience or in looking at literally thousands of incidents and accidents where that kind of relationship was shown to be a cause of a problem that led to an accident or a crash. Uh, The potential's there, but between the professional and ethical uh, standards that the individuals have and the organizations have, I didn't see it as an issue.
1: The FAA itself uh, concedes that it it doesn't have the resources uh, to to keep up with uh, the the growing aviation industry. Um, It it lacks um, expertise. It it lacks personnel. It lacks uh, funding. And I think a lot of this would come as a surprise to people because the the line between uh, regulator and and company – Uh, seems to have uh, all but but disappeared in the aviation industry. Is that a fair characterization? I can't speak for the 737 MAX
0: case, but in the cases I was uh, personally involved with and have have looked at, uh, that would not be a fair comparison. I mean, certainly uh, having the company employees acting as FAA representatives, there's a danger there. But it's not as though those company employees were directly writing the regulations and directly approving things in the past. There were FAA folks who were managing or responsible for the certification of various aircraft programs and various aircraft projects. It had to be approved by someone at the FAA before it became regulation or before it became, for example, a certified aircraft that could be uh, sold to the public.
1: Um, What do you know about the MCAS uh, system that uh, has been the focus of some attention following the, the 37 uh, uh, max crashes uh, this is a an area that uh, I, I think some people are looking at and saying the ball was perhaps dropped here
0: well that might be the case uh and that is being resolved as we speak in the two accident investigations plus the ongoing work being done by the ntsb and the faa but i will say this about that system it has never been installed on a previous version of the 737. To make a long story short, the 737 MAX had several changes that made it much more fuel efficient, one of which was a larger engine, physically a larger in diameter engine, and a different weight, etc. As part of the design process, they had to move the engine to a different position from previous Boeing aircraft, and it hangs in such a way that when thrust is applied, There are some flight regimes, for example, the flaps are up, it's climbing, where if you put on power in a certain way, it could raise the nose up. And the MCAS system was basically an automated system that would kick in and push the nose down a bit to prevent the aircraft from inadvertently getting into a stall. Now, from what has been discovered in the two accident investigations so far, it seems to be that there was a sequence of events along the following uh, lines. There was some sort of fault in the system that led to the MCAS being initiated when it didn't have to be. And certainly in the Lion Air case back in October, the flight crew was not able to overcome the MCAS system. That is, they didn't disengage it from uh, the autopilot system or didn't disengage that system from the flight control system. And as a result, they were physically fighting the MCAS all the way until they lost control of the aircraft.
1: Dr. Curtis, uh, I need to uh, pause there for a second. We'll continue with Dr. Todd Curtis, aviation safety analyst, author and publisher, and former Boeing safety engineer. More coming up. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. We're talking with Dr. Todd Curtis, aviation safety analyst, author, publisher, and former Boeing safety engineer about uh, the MAX uh, 737 uh, situation. Those planes... uh, the max uh, eights and nines remain uh, grounded in uh, Canada. Uh, doctor, you're explaining the the MCAS uh, system, so-called MCAS system, to us before the break. And um, is it is it safe to say that this system was really the first of its kind in terms of taking control of the airplane away from the pilot? Uh, in in the, this particular
0: way. Uh, The 737, of course, has autopilot systems as all modern aircraft do. And the autopilot system automatically takes control for certain functions. This was a situation where the airplane may not have had any kind of automated systems in place. It could be manually flown. And if certain conditions exist, this automated system would take over. Now, that in itself isn't extraordinary. What was extraordinary was it would appear as though Boeing uh, did not require that pilots know about this system or give them specific training into dealing with it should there be a malfunction. Uh, their argument to the FAA was that this was very similar to the previous model, the 737-800, and that any pilot who was qualified for the 737-800 could, with a
1: few hours training, fly the 737 MAX-8. And uh, that was done. That recommendation was made. It seems because Boeing was uh, trying to cut costs, uh, or at least cut costs to the to the airlines. They they told the airlines that well, um, if you buy this uh, Max Eight, uh, you're not going to have to spend uh, millions of dollars uh, upgrading your pilots or or training up your pilots because well, it's pretty much like the 737-800 was, and that turned out to not be true. In this particular case, absolutely not true. Now, there are other changes, of course, that
0: makes the aircraft more capable, primarily being more fuel efficient. But the key there is, again, because the aircraft behaves differently and the pilots, at least before the Lion Air event, weren't specifically trained in those differences, that led to the possibility of pilots being surprised at what was going on and maybe not being able to respond appropriately because... There are so many unusual things going on. They might have been in a stressful situation where they could have been, they could have had some sort of psychological block and not execute uh, basic procedures. In the Lion Air event, that same aircraft had flight control issues, very similar flight control issues on previous flights. And on previous flights, the flight crew did the appropriate thing, disengaged that particular part of the system and manually controlled the pitch of the aircraft and they were able to land the aircraft. For whatever reason, uh, Lion Air did not either communicate this to other pilots or have their maintenance crews go in there and completely fix the problem before the subsequent flight. And, of course, that was the accident flight. It's unclear what the sequence of events was with the Ethiopian event. Uh, What is clear is that whatever transpired, transpired much more quickly than the Lion Air event. Uh, The Ethiopian aircraft crashed within about five minutes or so the Lion Air event had at least twice as much time in flight before they finally lost control.
1: Dr. Curtis, uh, we'll leave it there for now. We appreciate uh, your time and your insight on this. Thank you for joining our program. Well, thank you again for having me. That's Dr. Todd Curtis, uh, aviation safety analyst, author and publisher and former Boeing safety engineer. Uh, Boeing is uh, saying this morning that they are working on a software fix Uh, for this so-called MCAS system and uh, hope to have the 737 MAX aircraft uh, back in the air in the next few weeks. We'll keep you up to date. For more information on airline safety and security,
0: please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.